Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. Joe, the NHL trade deadline has come and gone. Chuck Fletcher did some moving. Um, The Flyers did not buy. They were not in position to buy anymore. Uh, The team, uh, about two weeks ago, I think it was, Chuck Fletcher said that the Flyers were certainly not selling, but with how the team played before going into the deadline, punctuated by that disastrous loss to the Sabres, 5-3 on Sunday, the the team had to sell a little bit and look toward the future. They just had to. Chuck Fletcher realized it. He's a smart guy. And, uh, and he did what he had to do. Uh, two unrestricted free agents, or excuse me, two pending unrestricted free agents uh, were traded. Michael Raffle went to the Capitals. Eric Gustafson went to the Canadians. And then the biggest decision of the day, the Flyers decided not to move Scott Lawton, who was also a p- pending UFA. They decided to give him an extension. Five years, $3 million per season. Uh, the Flyers really like Scott Lawton, and I think they should. And uh, I think more so they wanted to extend him. But when a team underachieves and you have a guy that could could test the market in the offseason and you risk losing him for nothing, the Flyers were going to listen on offers for Scott Long because a lot of contending teams like him and what he does, but the team locked him up. And uh, so that's where the Flyers stand. They're going to push forward. They have 15 games left in this season. Chuck Fletcher said, hey, they're going to fight uh, until the end, but – this trade deadline was more about the future because the team underachieved the season. Joe, overall, what did you think of the deadline? Uh, what did you think of the moves and, and the decision to sign uh, or extend Scott Lawton? Well, my takeaway is, and, and not from what Chuck Fletcher said, but just from how things unfolded, I, I don't think that anybody was willing to take on uh, a big things that the Flyers had to offer. Um, when you put a guy like Gossespierre on waivers and he doesn't get claimed, I, th- I don't think anybody's then going to trade for that contract. Um, so I think that kind of showed uh, Chuck Fletcher where the market was. And obviously these other contracts, if you're looking to do something really big, which would be to try to move a Giroux, of course, if he agreed, try to try to move Jake Voracek, those are things that maybe are a little too big to do at the deadline and maybe more suited for the off season. So that was one takeaway I had. The other one was just that, you know, almost like this team wasn't really in the position to buy or sell, not in a position to sell because the pieces they had to sell were a little too expensive. Aside from, you know, the raffles and, and the Gustafson, the mo- the two moves they made. Uh, two trades they made, I should say. Um, and and they, they definitely weren't in a position to buy. And that has more, probably has more to do with how the teams played. Um, I mean, th- they can say all they want, but Sunday's loss had to be a eye opener. Um, what transpired in the last three, you know, three minutes and change of that game um, could only be described as a disaster. Um, and again, it, ha- it had to have them take notice. Uh, th- this is a Buffalo team who uh, 
they had their cards on the table. Taylor Hall was going to get traded. Um, he didn't play in the game. And, you know, the, the Flyers had a two-goal lead that they blew in the second period. Then they had a one-goal lead, and that thing evaporated and went to a deficit in 25 seconds. And, you know, that stuff doesn't happen at this point in the season if you are a playoff-ready team. And I really think that that message came through loud and clear uh, on Sunday. And that message kind of um, overtook uh, the message that maybe started to be conveyed on Saturday with their win over Boston. So, you know, I I think they weren't in a position to buy or sell. They were in the middle and they did what they could. That was, uh, that would be my overall takeaway from, uh, from what transpired um, at the deadline today. But the scary thing is, Every team in front of them made huge moves. The Islanders made theirs a few days, you know, a few days ago. But Boston, Washington, um, and Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh gets Jeff Carter, which you know, for some Flyer fans, is going to look weird, or it, it may be hard to see for some Flyer fans um, because. Of course, we know what happened when the Flyers traded Jeff Carter. He went to Columbus, but then went to L.A. and won two Stanley Cups. And now it looks like he's going to join Sidney Crosby for another run and perhaps another one. Um, And, you know, anytime you see a a former Flyer that that had success in Philadelphia, which Jeff Carter did, I mean, some injuries hampered his time here, but – Anytime you see them put that black and gold on, you know that's going to hurt a Flyer fan's feelings. And, uh, you, you know, the Flyers are going to get their look at it on Thursday. It's, it, they don't even have any time to digest it. On Thursday, you're going to see Jeff Carter out there. Uh, he wore 17 with the Flyers. I believe Brian Rust wears that right now for Pittsburgh. And I think Paul Coffey is number 77. You know, that's retired. So he's not going to have 77. So, you might have to figure out which guy Carter is for a few uh, minutes of that game. But once they figure out what number it is, it's not going to look pretty. You can, ima- you, you can guarantee that. For sure. And it really is interesting how the deadline truly sparks action. Uh, Chuck Fletcher said he woke up on Monday morning uh, not knowing whether he was going to trade Scott Lawton or re-sign Scott Lawton. He woke up that morning truly not knowing. Uh, the deadline really does spark action. And just to show you how difficult right now in this type of climate in which the league is in because of the coronavirus pandemic, with how difficult it is to move money, even Eric Gustafson and Michael Roffel, the Flyers had to retain salary on both of those deals. Uh, Gustafson makes $3 million this on his deal on his one-year deal. The Flyers had to retain 50% of that. And then Michael Roffel has a cap hit of only – 1.6 million and the Flyers had to retain 25% of that. And that was just to get a fifth round pick in 2021 for the Raffle deal. And then just to get a 2022 seventh round pick on the Gustafson deal. So just shows you how tough it is to move money. And that's what you saw across the league is that just a lot of deals for guys that are pending USAs, pending UFAs that you're going to get rental uh, for the rest of this season. And then you make that decision down the line of, do we resign this guy? But a lot of it's just kind of teams that think they have a shot and they're going all in by getting some of these UFAs that they're 
I'm going to have for just down the stretch. And then you, 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 um, you, you switch gears in the off season again. So the Flyers were certainly looking toward the future, but Joe, I did find it fascinating that that Sunday game, I think went a long way in Chuck Fletcher's motives. Uh, I asked him that I said, if you win that game Sunday, do you think of maybe adding? And he, he did pause for a second and say, yeah, you know what? I, maybe I do. And he said, really though, it was over the course of the past week or two weeks um, that really shaped uh, their course at the deadline. But you think about it, if they win that game Sunday against the Sabres and they don't blow the 3-2 lead or the 2-0 lead, they're two games back of the Bruins and they're in fifth place. Instead, they collapse uh, in awful fashion against an awful team. And Chuck Fletcher has to just be so frustrated and thinking, it's just not happening. It's not happening with this group. I need to look to the future. And instead, the Flyers are four points back of the Bruins and they're in sixth place behind the Rangers. Uh, that, that loss really did have to have a lot of say in things. Um, it just felt like a punctuation mark on the team's disappointing season. Uh, but good for Chuck Fletcher to realize some things and say, you know what, let's give our younger kids, let's open some some room, trade Michael Roffel, trade Eric Gustafson. Suddenly there's a little more roster space. Uh, get some young kids in here. And, hey, they're not out of it. They're not totally out of it. The season's not dead yet. So at least you have some games to play uh, and something to play for, and you get the chance to play some younger guys, see how they do, and start evaluating for next season because we know how big next season is. Joe, do you feel like they can retool, have a big offseason? We don't know exactly how they're going to go about their offseason, but Chuck Fletcher did say his goal is to make this team as best as possible going in to 2021-22. Do you think this team can retool quickly and contend next season? Well, in order for that to happen, I believe they have to move one of these big contracts. Okay. They, they have to, or they're going to be in, they're going to be in this, in, in this bad cap situation and it's going to keep recurring. The same thing happened when Ron Hextall was here. They're, you know, you're finagling money to move up, move guys from the phantoms to the, you know, and, and kind of in similar fashion of what they did with ghosts, you're, you're, you're like moving the chess pieces around the board and hoping to come up with a, a winning formula. And I don't think that's a good way to go into a season when, you know, I, I believe this team needs at least one to two wholesale changes. Uh, and I'm talking about on the roster. Chuck Fletcher did acknowledge today the coaching staff was safe, which I found interesting for him to so definitively say that. Um, well, Joe, I, it, I believe it was the last, I, I believe it was the last question of the, uh, the media availability today was about that coaching staff and reevaluating them. And, and he just flat out said, no, I think it was so, the last question. It was the second to last question I remember. And yeah, he, he gave a very flat no, uh, when asked, uh, in terms of your off season changes, what you need to do to refine the makeup of this club and make sure it it's in better shape going into next season. He was asked, could coaching changes come? And he said, no. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you feel like the coaching staff is part of the problem? Do you feel like there should be a change? I don't, say, I don't think that the coaching staff is definitely part of the problem. But I was surprised to hear so definitively from the GM that, that almost that, that, that the group wasn't going to be reevaluated because – there's some areas of the team that have really struggled this year. 
the penalty kill has been a, a mess, uh, particularly in the month of March. Um, when we look back on this season, if the Flyers don't make the playoffs, we're going to look at the month of March. And when you start looking at the problems in the month of March, you don't go too far down the list before you get to penalty kill. Now, of course, penalty kill happens with discipline uh, or lack thereof. And that's obviously a problem too. You know, a lot of those things can be attributed to coaching sometimes. So I was, I was definitely surprised to hear him so definitively say that they weren't being evaluated, evaluate, were going to be reevaluated. And that tells me that he is saying, this is about the players and this is about performance from this season. And despite him leading off that media availability today with question or with, uh, by saying that they're not done yet. I, I asked him, I said, you know, you mentioned four points back. Um, when you see the teams ahead of you making these moves, and we spoke to Bob Clark about this the other day, and Clark acknowledged that's a thing. At the trade deadline, GMC teams around them make moves, and sometimes they panic and go, oh, well, we got to answer this move because this team made that move. What Chuck Fletcher said there was it was clear his focus is not on this season, despite him, you know, leaving the door open that they could still make it. That's not what today was about. Today was not about this season. Um, and quite frankly, the moves that were made within this division with the teams above them, there was nothing the Flyers could have done to match those moves. Um, when you look at the moves Washington made to get an Anthony Mantha, a huge trade they made with the Detroit Red Wings, um, you look at the moves that the Bruins made to get a, a, a former Hart Trophy uh, winner and Taylor Hall in there, along with Curtis Lazar, who might not sound like a huge name, but take a look at his stats against the Flyers this season with Buffalo. You know, the, this, he's a capable player. Um, they also got Mike Riley in their first deal last night. So they made some big time moves. We mentioned the Islanders moves a few days ago. And of course, Pittsburgh gets Jeff Carter. There's nothing the Flyers could have done to match those moves around them. So I really think that Chuck Fletcher's approach was, I'm going to do what I can. And what I can is alleviate a little space here, alleviate a little space there. He admitted the Gustafson move didn't work out. So, you know, he did what he could. And, um, but as far as contending next year, I think it's ne absolutely necessary to get one of these big contracts off of their books to free up the ability to get some other moves. And I mean, you know, the other factor is you tighten up the defense and, and the goaltending has to be better um, for them to contend next year. Goaltending the way it's been this year, they're not going to contend with that kind of goaltending. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking and fencing needs yeah joe i really feel like you know even chuck fletcher saying hey we're we're gonna fight for it we're still in it that's 
very much GM speak, I think. Because uh, you can't completely w- wave the white flag. Uh, yeah, no, you're not going to hear a GM. You're not going to hear a GM say, oh, we're done. Right. right. I mean, even the GM, the G- <laughs> I'm sure I didn't hear them talk, but I'm sure Steve Eiserman didn't come out for the, you know, for the Red Wings today and said, well, we're done. So we had, you know, we had to sell off Anthony Mantha. I, I, you're not going to hear a GM say that. That's not the nature of GM in any sport. No. So, you know, you're right about that. Yeah, and I think some people are going to be mad. Oh, is he still, like, hanging on to the season? Like, n- no. Look, look at the, his trades today. Um, he didn't buy anything, and he sold off two players. He And he said, I'm shifting. Like, I'm thinking long-term here at these moves. But technically, they are still in it, and there's a way to motivate younger players and, and fuel competition and say, hey, play for our roster next season by – you know what, coming into games that do still matter technically and play well. And who knows, maybe they, they do something crazy. Maybe they surprise, maybe they make it interesting. They are four points back of the Boston Bruins who just loaded up for a big run. Maybe some young players come in and they, they seize opportunity by saying, hey, let's, let's make this thing interesting. So yeah, that's, that's just Chuck Fletcher saying, hey, let's, let's play for these games um, for the big picture and also maybe, maybe make things interesting. And yeah, the other teams in this East division, uh, obviously aside from the Sabres and Devils, they are in full win now mode. They have a window and they realize it. They're trying to capitalize on it. Uh, so now the Flyers are in maybe a little less pressure right now of just, hey, play out the string, see what happens. Uh, they still do have a very veteran core that could make this interesting. And then they have some young kids who, who need to show something. But as far as the coaching staff, I'm with Chuck Fletcher. I just don't think it's a problem right now. They're in the second season of, of the, with this staff. And the season before it, they had their best season in like 10 years. They finally won a playoff series. Um, they took a team that was like 22nd in the league and just an absolute mess and turned it into a top six club with the fourth best goal differential in the NHL. Had they taken a step back? Yes, they have. I'm not acquitting them of that. And I don't think they're, they should be acquitted of any blame. They, they should be of blame. But in terms of looking at the grand scheme of the issues of where they are, I just really don't think coaching is the problem. I just don't think it is. It could be after next season if they don't take strides and they don't contend again. Absolutely, I'm going to be looking at the coaching. But I just don't think that's an issue, and I think that's where Chuck Fletcher stands. He's just saying, hey, no, like that's not – we're not looking to fire coaches in the offseason. Um, we're not looking for new direction there. Uh, we need to retool and remake this roster and we need people to play better too. Um, and some of that's on the coaching for sure, but that's not the issue with the, the Flyers right now. I just really don't think it is. It could be down the line, but right now, no. Um, uh, Jordan, if you, just to add to that, what, what I mentioned earlier about, you know, him so definitively saying this coaching staff's not being reevaluated tells me that he's disappointed in the performance of some areas of this team and we look and when we look at the, some of the areas that they've struggled in the penalty kill so they had Sean Couturier injured and missed a, a number of games this year one of their best penalty killers last year was Kevin Hayes Kevin Hayes would rag the puck on penalty kills and kill penalties by himself how many times have we seen that this year yeah pretty much not at all right I mean we're not it, it's that's a huge step backwards, and that is a huge part of Kevin Hayes' game and a huge attraction to him when they signed him. 
So, you know, the, the players take some blame here. They're, they're, they're not, some of them uh, are not performing up to what the expectations were. And I believe Kevin Hayes is one of them. Um, you can say offensively, but particularly his 200 foot game has not been what it was last year. And I think that's a big, a big part of why their penalty kill struggled this year, along with, you know, missing Couturier for those games when he was out both in the beginning of the season, when he missed a number of games, and then he missed another game with that hip. And, you know, I, I don't think he's been right since that, mm-hmm. you know, he was out with that hip. He, he hasn't looked right. He hasn't had that explosive, like he hasn't had that explosive skating. Um, it's, it's, it, he's looked like a different player. More yeah. power to him for being out there and playing. Cause I think we all know he's hurting, but yeah. uh, he hasn't been the same player. He's not peak, you know, Sean Couturier that we're used to. Yeah. He looks like he's kind of like lumbering around a little bit. He was never the flashiest guy or the fleetest of foot, but um, he always had like long, strong, powerful strides. He definitely doesn't look like, like totally himself, but he's, it's kind of funny. He's still producing at a decent clip and obviously affecting the games in ways, but you're so right, Joe, he's not the same player and he's, Definitely playing through something and kudos to him for that. And Kevin Hayes, a hundred percent. Like it seemed like it was just every night last season, he was just standing out in the penalty kill. And you would just say, wow, like you can see why the Flyers wanted that guy. Like he changes the game on the penalty kill and you just don't, you just haven't seen it consistently uh, this season. And the penalty kill is just night and day from last year. It's, it's scary how much of a step back it, it has taken this season. And Joe, I really do think you're right with this all season. I think the pressure is on this all season because the GM has admitted the makeup of this team is not right. Obviously, he didn't do anything very significantly to shake or change the makeup at the trade deadline. And that's fine if you do say, I'm going to change it in the all season because there's just there's zero way you can go into next season with a quiet all season and kind of status quo and like, hey, we're going to run it back. Like, you can't. You have to address the holes. You didn't totally address them. You started the process of the trade deadline um, because this team is not where it needs to be, and you had to start looking toward the future. And obviously making those big moves right now, very difficult to do. But there are ways to do it in the offseason. The Flyers really need to do that. The pressure is on. And I think Chuck Fletcher is going to have something up his sleeve because, Joe, like you said, they have holes. And I think they need to go out and get a top pair defenseman to play with Ivan Provrov. I really genuinely believe that and I don't know if they're going to find that on the free agent market I don't even know if they're going to have the cap room to do it so how do you do it you do it via trade and I think they're going to have to do that and I think we forget a lot in his first all season Chuck Fletcher he made four trades in June before July one even hit uh he acquired Kevin Hayes his contractual rights in a trade in June then and then signed him in June he made a trade to get Justin Braun in June he made a trade to get Tyler Pitlick in June and he made a trade to get Matt Niskin in June. That Four trades. Um, obviously, they weren't crazy subtractions, but uh, those were all trades that made the Flyers substantially better. I think he's going to do something, the trade route, in the offseason to address defense because uh, uh, they just didn't fill Matt Niskin in void. They just didn't fill it, and uh, they just haven't been the same team, and they've taken a serious step back. They need to fill those holes, and I think the trade route could be the best way to do it, don't you think? I think it's the only way to do it. Uh, as you said, I mean, I don't know the free right. agent market yet, but I just think yeah, they you have to see, yeah. 
You have to see how it develops. But Chuck Fletcher even acknowledged today, he was asked about the top pair defensemen, and he said, it's not like those players are just out there, um, especially in this NHL. I mean, you just, the, the, those top defensemen are not available. When you look at last um, offseason, who would you say was the best defenseman on the market? Probably Tory Krug, right? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. The Flyers couldn't afford. The Flyers wouldn't have been able to afford his salary with the well, current Petrangelo too. Oh, Petrangelo, yeah, Petrangelo. But they and, weren't getting but, it, right? And you heard everybody say Petrangelo, Petrangelo. You heard the fans; they wanted Petrangelo. The Flyers were never going to be able to pay Petrangelo. No, they wouldn't be able to pay a guy like Tory Krug. Those are those players don't fit into the the financial makeup of this team right now. Right. So. Um, there's going to have to be some movement. If you're going to go acquire a, a top pair defenseman, you have no choice. You have to move some, some assets. Um, you know, he, he gave some praise to, to Shane Goss to spare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Shane gets a bad rap in this town sometimes. Um, and I think he gets a bad rap because people all of a sudden he went and when he came up, he burst on the scene offensively this season. He got back to that guy offensively and defense has never been his strong suit, but it's more glaring when you don't have defensemen that, that are stay at home defensemen. I mean, I think you would agree the best, the flyers best stay at home defenseman is probably Robert Hay. Mm-hmm. And no, he's been a healthy scratch. Yeah. Hager Braun, um, I mean, Hague's a better skater than Braun, so, yeah. but Hague was a healthy scratch before he was injured sometimes, so yeah. he wasn't even playing every game, mm-hmm. and I just think, and, and, and Chuck Fletcher acknowledged today duplication of some roles, yeah. and I think Gustafson and Gossespierre is a perfect example of that. They're both players that do the same thing, and I think Gustafson brings a little less offense than Shane and a little less defense than Shane, so it's not even like he was duplicating and evening out thing. I think he was almost a poor man, Shane Gostaspare. And that's not really what you're looking for because I don't think that player is an every night player in the NHL these days. He's just not. And um, I I think in maybe kinder words, that's what Chuck Fletcher acknowledged today. He definitely did. And it's a perfect, uh, perfect segue into our cold brew check presented by Duncan. A lot of fans eager to see what would happen at this trade deadline. I think just about everyone, I think, probably had their for sale sign out front on this Flyers team. Chuck Fletcher did sell off some pieces. Obviously, nothing loud, nothing wholesale, nothing splashy. Uh, but he did sell off a couple pieces. And it's kind of funny in a twisted, ironic way, Joe, that he made fans sweat it out a little bit, too. Obviously, he didn't – none of these moves, not even the extension to Scott Law, and I don't think it happened until officially after 2. So, obviously, the deadline's 3 p.m. Eastern time. Some things can still be processed after that, that, that cutoff point, but he made fans really sweat it out because I think a lot of people thought he was going to do nothing. So, it's just, it is funny. It makes you laugh. But he did do some things and, uh, and started retooling and started looking toward the future. So, Joe, our cold brew check presented by Duncan. Do you feel this was a successful deadline for where the Flyers were? Was it successful in your mind? I would, I would give it an incomplete because okay. 
I think this deadline has to be paired with a, with a, a bigger off season. Um, I would say this deadline is not a successful deadline if they have a quiet off season, because as you mentioned, you, you know, you wholesale changes are very tough to make at a trade, a trade deadline. I mean, we saw a couple teams make them today, Washington and Detroit, but really, I mean, I don't think if you look around the league, anything else is a wholesale change. I mean, Taylor Hall is a rental player, but really the only wholesale change is Washington took on Anthony Mantha, who just signed a contract extension and has three more years. That would be to me considered to be a wholesale change. They took on another deal that has five plus million per year in a cap hit with three more years left on the deal after this one. Um, so I don't think wholesale changes are really the, the thing that can be, uh, particularly in this NHL climate. Um, but I think, I think this offseason, you need at least one. And for this deadline to be a, a success, I think the, the offseason has to be coupled with it. And it has to be a bigger offseason, one that makes headlines. Um, and, you know, Maybe not completely, but in some way, shape, or form, changes some of the face of this team going into next season. Yeah, I'm not even going to put the word success on this deadline because the Flyers were in a position where they quite frankly shouldn't have been. It, it's a disappointing position for the team, period. They have regressed, and they were in a spot where they had to sell on a year where everyone was expecting them to honestly can maybe make a run at the East Final. So I'm not going to put the word success or successful – Maybe I'll say it was effective. It was an effective deadline because they were at a point where they had some pending UFAs that they had to part ways with and get something for before they went for nothing in the offseason. Uh, I like Michael Roffel. I like him a lot, actually. I've enjoyed covering him, and I think he's a, a very quietly effective player. He's been here for a long time, but uh, good for him. He's going to contender, and I think the Flyers had to do that before they part ways with him uh, in the offseason for nothing. Uh, so an effective deadline, but... Uh, yeah, the pressure is on next all, next offseason, this offseason coming up. That's where the Flyers are really going to have to do some work, really retool, and uh, they need to contend next season because that's that's essentially what they're saying, uh, that they believe this group is still uh, capable of winning. They need to fix some holes, fill some holes, and, and, and get back to where they were in 2019-20 where they were surging down the stretch and, and, and showing that they were with the, the likes of the Capitals, the Bruins, uh, the Penguins, they were better than the Penguins last year. Um, so that's where they need to get back to, uh, and they need to fix it because obviously last offseason and going into this year, it just did not work. It did not work. The team has admitted that, and they, they know they need to fix it. So I will not say the deadline was successful. I thought it was effective, uh, and it's unfortunate they were in this position, uh, that they had to part ways with some guys. A guy like Michael Roffel has been here for a long time, and if the, if the team's contending, uh, they're probably not looking to move him. You know, they're, they're holding on to him and uh, they're not even debating trading Scott Lawton uh, and Chuck Fletcher, the GM woke up today on Monday and didn't know if he was going to trade or resign him. If the team's contending, if it's where it need, needed to be and should be, uh, they weren't, they weren't waking up wondering if they were going to trade Scott Lawton, but alas, he, alas, here we are. And uh, that's where the fires were. And now they need to push forward. And you know what, Joe, I wouldn't mind if they make it interesting. I wouldn't mind if they see some kids play. And maybe they scare a couple teams. Maybe they scare the Bruins. Uh, they have four more matchups with the Capitals, and they're going to be playing one of their former t- teammates 
maybe they scare the Capitals a little bit. I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but it will be fun. I'll tell you what. One thing that is scary is that the Bruins have five games with Buffalo left. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I will say that <laughs> – yes. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I will say um, that along the lines of what you said about get kids getting opportunity, we heard Chuck Fletcher say that Tanner Lusinski is going to be part of um, – you know, a regular part of the lineup now. Maybe that's the silver lining. I know a lot of people liked Michael Roffel. He was a good room guy, been here a while. He, he was a good flyer. Yeah. But maybe the silver lining is we get to see what Tanner Luzinski can do. We, we, and again, if they're contending, we probably don't see, see Tanner Luzinski in the NHL at all this year. Yeah. Um, if, if, I mean, injuries aside, we, don't prob we probably don't see him playing um, with the big club this year. So, you know, we'll get to see that. And Hey, maybe that, um, you know, that he's not going back and forth from the taxi squad and playing in Allentown and then playing in Philadelphia or, to, you know, joining the team on a road trip. And it's kind of like every day is in flux. You know, we see his name on these, on the press releases three, four times a week nowadays. Maybe the fact that all that calms down and he can just play Maybe that'll be a, a, a big thing for the kid because we've seen, you know, Google his name and we've seen the offensive skill that this guy possesses. Um, maybe we'll get to see some of that on the uh, Wells Fargo Center Ice or, you know, one of the visiting arenas, uh, NHL arenas um, for this, what remains of this season. Absolutely. And the trade deadline has come and gone and, uh, again, we're not going to call it successful. We're, we're, I think we'll, Joe's going to go incomplete. I'm going to go effective. Yeah. I it's definitely been... pending. It's still <laughs> pending. Exactly. Yeah. So that was our cold brew check presented by Duncan. This season, be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. And Joe, one last uh, thing I wanted to mention about kids. I think a kid that they definitely had in their minds as they were obviously willing to part ways with Michael Roffle. Another one, Wade Allison, uh, four-year college kid down now in Lehigh Valley. First year pro hockey. He was injured to start the season. Uh, fans love goal scoring. He has an NHL release. He's got nine points in eight games down with the Phantoms, four goals. Um, a kid that they like, and he's got an NHL body, and, and he's mature and well-seasoned. And I think he's a kid that they're going to have uh, come up at some point and get a crack up here. And I think that's, those are the fun things that uh, us people that cover the team. Uh, it's something that you look forward to when the team is disappointing and it's retooling and it's saying, well, we got to look forward to next year. You get to see some of these kids. Um, you get to see some debuts and you get to evaluate that way. Uh, and it can pay off. It can certainly pay off. So Tanner Lozinski, Wade Allison. Uh, hey, we might even see Cam York, like you said, Joe, uh, uh, maybe, you know, late, late in this season, who knows, uh, it's unfortunate that the fans are dealing sort of with the COVID situation right now. So their season's on pause 
Let's hope everything is healthy. Uh, you know, everyone is healthy and safe down there first and foremost. And then hopefully they can play some games, get some kids some more games. Uh, and, and we'll see these prospects maybe up here with the big club. Yeah. And it's a shame. It's a shame Morgan Frost, the injury happened earlier this year yeah. because this would be a perfect time to really get him some reps. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, high expectations for, for that kid. And, and, you know, this would have been the perfect time to see, you know, not only one or two pieces, maybe three, four, even five pieces of what the Flyers hope is a future of this franchise. Um, we'll still get to see some guys, but you know, it, it is unfortunate that Morgan Frost got hurt this season and we're not able to see him play. You know, he could even get the opportunity to play top six minutes if he was healthy yeah. and, you know, obviously earned it. It, it. You know, he would have to earn those minutes, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was what I, I thought of today. Like, it's just a shame we're not, we're not going to get to see Frost get those reps um, this season because of his injury suffered earlier this year. Yeah, you're thinking if the team's contending the way it should have been, you know, he's just fighting for a spot or maybe just looking to be that next man up. In a year like this, man, he would have been perfect to, to jump on opportunity and they would have given it to him. Obviously, he would have earned it and uh, I think would have been ready for it too. But he will continue to recover and, and shoot for next season. That's sort of the Flyers focus right now, but they're still in games to play and uh, they're not out of it yet. So it will be fun. We didn't know what the Flyers would look like uh, leading into the trade deadline. Now we know how they will look for the final 15 games of the season. Uh, it felt like we were debating it going back to March of what this team could look like come, come the trade deadline. Now we know, and we will watch the rest of these 15 games and see if the Flyers can make this season uh, a lot more fun. Uh, but Joe Fortis, thank you so much as always for joining us. We cannot wait to watch your shows on pre and post game live. Joe, anything to tease for us? I do. Yeah. Um, so a couple things. Uh, first, we'll have a one-on-one -on -one tomorrow with Scott Lawton, fresh off his new deal. Um, and uh, the, you know, all, all the things that made him want to stay a flyer. Um, you know, the, the talk was always that he loved being here. He said it himself countless times. So we'll get to hear from Scott on that tomorrow. And um, over the weekend, we talked to Bob Clark about um, his involvement with Caleb Dahlgren, a uh, survivor from the Humboldt bus crash from uh, three years ago, and um, how Bob has been instrumental in helping him through this tragedy. And he, uh, Caleb has a book out, um, and they are both diabetic and they've, they've bonded over that. So we heard Bob uh, talk about that over the weekend. Uh, tomorrow, we will uh, hear from Caleb Dahlgren. He'll be on uh, Flyers pregame live as well. So uh, big, big show tomorrow, both um, to hear, hear Lawton's thoughts on his new deal, as well as from Caleb Dahlgren. It should be some great stuff talking about um, the impact that uh, Bob Clark has had on his life. It truly is a, a tremendous and touching story. I know about it, and uh, I cannot wait to see that. Flyers fans, make sure you check that out on pregame live before Tuesday night's hockey game. Um, ben Berry, uh, our podcast producer, a special thank you to him as well for doing this at this hour. Crazy day he waited for us. So, Ben, thank you very much. And, Joe, of course, thank you. And, Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening. We're glad you survived the trade deadline, but thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by great railing wherever you get your podcast please rate and subscribe and we cannot wait to talk to you next time